You're listening to Kamen Rider with me. Kamen Rider with me is a weekly podcast about Tokusatsu or Toku, a genre of practical effects TV and film. This podcast has two separate shows. One is the yearly podcast of myself, Kip, and Kopsaik Senpai talking about shows at a pace as they're airing or as they would have been airing. The other is the book club of myself, Kip, Steph, and David talking about shows in a more truncated book club format where we'll look at things over the course of several months. You're about to listen to the book club podcast on our fourth and final episode on Shoki Yorai Gan, a 2013 horny Buddhist sci-fi show. Next week at the yearly podcast, we'll be back to look at Come Murder Geeth and Children's Inside Jetman. And in two weeks, the book club will be back, starting off a new series, 2003's Come Murder Fies. Hen. Shin. Time to muster all of our strengths, everyone, to get through just one more time, once more under the breach here at the book club for Commonide with me. I'm your host, James, or Kip. With me is Steph. Hey, Steph. Sup? And David. Hey, David. Hello. And we're here to talk about Shogeki Gorai Gon, a show that we've really gekied and Gorai Gon. I wish it would go Rai Gon away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make like a tree and go right on. <laughs> make like a tree and fuck off. <laughs> uh, if you don't want to know, that is kind of our like level of uh, thoughts, I think, going into this. But um, we haven't quite talked about the show yet, so um, maybe our moods are different than we think coming into it. Who's feeling positive? I'm positive. I'm glad this fucking show's over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, man, I've never, like, watched something that just starts with such, such a pedigree, such a, (laughs) just, you know, you're so hopeful, and then just takes it and spikes it into the fucking dirt. (laughs) It's like a grudge fuck. It is just so intensely painful, these last few episodes. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, You were here last time, though, Steph, what would... Like, what do you think of the, like, three before? Any thoughts, observations? (laughs) Okay, so you might appreciate this, but uh, for those three episodes, I literally wrote a line apiece as I felt like we were turning a point, and that's about what they deserved. So episode eight, my favorite effect was the rainbow smoke bombs that were not actually a transformation, and they're running dialogue about how you shouldn't question it the entire time. Made me laugh my ass off. Um, so for episode nine, I just wrote just sex and playgrounds. Just what the fuck is going on with Granny? Um, and then for 10, I was like, okay, that senpai finish uh, in the ending was fucking perfection. But what the fuck's going on with Ren? So, <laughs> I, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. You're welcome. 
Yeah, like there's like a weird like the wire like where's Wallace to like Granny and like Rin where you're just like what's going on? Where are they? Who exactly. is who? Yeah, and it was I mean Granny's always had kind of like a weird role in the entire series anyway. So this whole thing with her and Rin, I was like, I can't handle much more from these two. I just can't. Yeah, no. Uh well there's much more of it. <laughs> As I learned. You'll get your serving. Yeah. You were not left like an Oliver Twist without like you got that more and that more and that more. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I want to talk about this show, but first I do want to let people know, just like at the start of the pod, um, what the future holds for the book club here on Common Ride with me. We've kind of committed to following what's going on with like in a way a bit, um, and that includes like me and Steph looked at Comrade Kiva. We've looked at Chageron. Now we've looked at Shogun Oregon. Um, <laughs> there's a notable, his most famous and popular show ever is missing from that <laughs> in Cover Rider Fies. So yeah, um, that's next. And I wanted to ask, uh, has anyone heard anything about or seen anything about this show? I'll be honest. Um, whenever I, so when I'm browsing through the Toku subreddits, I don't ever actually click on any poster that are about things that I know we're going to cover in the future. Unfortunately, even just with the titles, <laughs> I I don't know that I should expect a lot from Fies, just from what everybody else's reactions to it seem to be. Really? Yeah, I don't, I, I feel like that's one of those shows that I've seen more negative than positive about, I, and I might be confusing it with another show, but I feel like that's one of the ones that I always see, like, somebody has a gripe about, which, of course, might just be the fandom, too. You never know, but. Yeah. Anything that, like, you know or, like, wondering about David, like, going to the Um, As far as stuff I know here, I'll tell you everything I know about Fies. Um, He's a dude. Mm-hmm. There's a cell phone. He presses five three times, and he transforms, and that's about it. Okay, that like he has a uh, he has a flip phone, and he goes five five five, and then and then he transforms. That's it. Okay. Oh, hmm. You kind of got this a little bit with Deno because that was the first writer show that like I watched as it was coming out, and like I had like certain feelings for it, but like. Mm-hmm. Fies is the first writer show that I watched. So for me, it is like very much like close to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a writer show in a little bit of conflict with like certain aspects. Like there's definitely a joke that it's a drama that makes sure it has three minutes for like some action to like meet the minimum sometimes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it's very much though like. <laughs> Just it's beloved in the Japanese fandom, at least, uh, because it is very much just like this intensely character driven show. Um, it's kind of like has people like it the way people like like the Chris Claremont, like X-Men run where they're like, oh, my God, this is like incredible. It's like changed how I thought about comics. Like, mm. it's kind of that for Toku for some people. Uh, it is a spiky show, though. It definitely has some issues. And like if you're like looking at the general fandom i could see some of those spiky issues just because like oh if you were like rating on like graphics and music and whatever it wouldn't rate incredibly compared to some other shows and it's also very 2003 <laughs> right i mean it it is a is going to be a product of its time regardless of if it's <laughs> good bad or the other right 
So is this one that um, Kip, since you have watched it, is it going to be a bit more of like a um, satisfying conclusion than maybe the last couple that we've watched have had? Your Honor, that's a leading question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. People love this show, and it definitely does sometimes do things that might not... It's not going to have, like, perhaps, like, the, like, conclusion of, like, Avengers Endgame where everything <laughs> solves a certain way. Right. This is an angsty show, <laughs> what I'll say. Gotcha. There's nothing wrong with a little angst. I'm okay with a little yeah. angst. I think the main thing is that, um, like, watch the show kind of like how you watch some movies that you know have, like, big plot twists or even, like, a like comedy, like, Seinfeld. We're like, oh, this is, like, changing what this means going forward. There's lots of stuff it does with some core ideas of Kamen Rider that like don't happen elsewhere it's kind of they're also like super foundational like there's lots of stuff about like oh what it means to be a human what it means mm. to be alive gotcha uh it, it's a very weird show um it's also a very long show um because it's 50 episodes an extremely non-canon movie and a canon opera uh, that we're going to be looking at an opera oh shit <laughs> yes what the fuck? I'm kind of stoked for that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, it's been a long minute since I've uh, watched Fies, uh, but I'm pretty sure that the opera is canon. Is this going to be the longest series that we've watched? It's about the size of Kiva or Deno, I think, where it's oh, like yeah, 50 episodes. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think Kiva was one of our longer ones. And that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, I'm thinking maybe we take the extra time and do it five at a time to get through through like 50 episodes in a movie. Might make the most sense. Okay. Unless you guys think we could fit in more, because I don't want to take too long if we end up not liking it, but I also don't want to uh, do too much at a time, you know? I think yeah. five is reasonable. Yeah, I'm afraid that if I went over that, my notes might start to get wonky. My attention might start to fade all that jazz. Okay. Um, and then I will say that just um, <laughs> this is also a show that um, I know there's some fandom stuff, some like fan summer war stuff that might come up to the show. Um, oh, fun! This show also like opens up the like wider writer universe because like they kind of bring back a ton of the cast like years later for specials, and it's like oh here's all the main writers of like the past five seasons and also this one dude from 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the only writer holiday is from Fize. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. We'll get to why there's a <laughs> holiday for Fize. Uh, but yeah, just know that this is in many ways the exact opposite show of Changer on, but in ways that I think are positive, but also I don't know how you guys are going to think about it. If you're going to love it, hate it. I don't have, I don't. I guess there's only one way to find out. I don't have a problem with the show being serious. If this, the script that is accompanying it takes it just as seriously. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, like going into it, knowing that it's not like change on, like I have different expectations. So, for me, Changer Out is the first sh- show, like, in a while, maybe since Fies, that is maybe, like, that excited for, like, 
what Toku can do. Because like for me, it's just like, oh, I like like what the shows can do with story and character just because of their genre conventions. And that's why like I care enough to keep watching them past like, wow, cool kick or whatever. And Fize is heavy in that in messy ways. But like it, it is it, nothing if not interesting <laughs> to talk about. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll start that next time then with episodes one through Fize. But yeah, uh, we should talk about our show now and just put it to bed. Let's cut its head off and put a radish there. We're like, how you kill a vampire? I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. A radish? Is it an onion? Garlic. Garlic, yeah. If it's a vampire, it should be garlic. You cut the head off, put the garlic where the head is, put the head at the feet. That's like the like old school Eastern European way to kill a vampire before they... It doesn't matter. It's fine. And then you put <laughs> some tomatoes, cilantro, and <laughs> yeah. avocado in, and you've got yourself a nice avocado. Uh, guacamole there. Cook for 30 minutes. Hi. I'm just saying, if you're going to kill the vampire, have a meal with it. Has anyone ever like put like a vampire under some coals and burned them and made like a nice like pig roast or something? Probably. But no, um, no vampires today. Just vampires on our time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, Shogeki Gorai Gone, episode eleven. Reap what you sow. Is oh, the eleventh episode of Shogeki Gorai Gone. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to start here. Um, Last time, big drama, Rin's back. Rin, you might be saying, is wow. She's one of those characters who exists sometimes in stories to be a plot device, but they're not usually around much because it's kind of problematic because like, like have more female characters. But also like, hey, whatever, plot device. Mm -hmm. She's here way too much and it's super mid. Yeah. She's absolutely (laughs) fucking useless honestly one of the worst characters in this whole series i'm sorry but she is she's just here to like wear her outfit and like instigate bullshit that's all she does oh my god she is the worst most of these shows i can't believe that shogeki goragan was like man what if we brought Godot around and he sucked like that's what they did they were just like let's have this character not supposed to be around and be have make them be central and terrible. It's just a wild way to do it. Mm-hmm. You you know that it's bad, right? Like, okay, three notes into this episode, my 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 notes are as follows: this show fucking sucks. Go sucks. Rin sucks. Everybody sucks. <laughs> Everybody sucks. Yes, it's just fucking awful. Mm-hmm. It's not only that Rin sucks, it's that she drags down two of the other core characters. Three of them, like honestly, like yes. with like Jin, Go, and Hitomi. Like she doesn't hurt Hitomi as much, but she destroys Go and hurts Jin. Yeah. And I think that's the craziest part is that they don't really ever show anything about her that's so exceptional to attract all this attention. Right. Like she doesn't. She doesn't have- yeah. She she go for it. David. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, this fucking bitch! I swear. To god. <laughs> so they've like they've like hyped her up right as like this this person that's like special, right? Rin has no fucking powers that do fucking anything. 
And you know this because by the end of the series, she still hasn't done fucking anything. She just by existing alone incites people to fucking fight each other that probably don't really need to fight each other. And then at the end of the day, because you know that she's fucking useless and she doesn't have any kind of plot relevance to the story, because it's not like she's like a magical MacGuffin, right? It's not like she's going to be the the uber super weapon that stops the thousand dudes from, from coming and destroying shit, right? She's just some bitch and mm-hmm. she's just there. I really thought like it was going to be like, oh, and she has to be sacrificed to make the evil dragon. Yes, exactly. But not even that. Right. No. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I knew there was going to be some reason to make this whole storyline of the two strongest and, you know, most interesting, to be honest, characters in the entire series to be fighting over her, to have destroyed an entire friendship of her. No. You never get that. You don't get any payoff for her character whatsoever, except for the fact that people just keep sacrificing for her and she keeps fucking them over. I thought for a minute that it was going to be revealed that she had some like manipulative like power that was like working. Maybe she didn't mean to. Maybe she meant to. She was secretly evil or like had like an evil side. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No, she's just uninteresting all around. And that's the biggest crime. So here's me as somebody who likes stories going to tell you a way that sometimes I could be too judged of stories and that the characters like this, like go and Geki and whatever. And like the whole cast are kind of like middle schoolers. Like, Oh, like he's always yelling about his feelings, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for a second, I was like, it's cool that they're taking that to a logical conclusion, making them deal with love and a love triangle, like middle schoolers. And I was like, also it's cool. Like from a standpoint of like, reading about it in a book but not actually watching the show (laughs) it's not fun i don't know like it's cool that there's a narrative among like the canon of these kind of narratives about like godly beings that are the personalities like middle schoolers where they had a middle school love interest Mm -hmm. it's also not great for the show i guess is what i'm trying to say right yeah and at this point right in the show like I, i i'm i'm so dejected and i just fucking hate this show so much that like <laughs> i i don't care if go dies i'm like he kill him put a bullet in his head <laughs> i don't care because go and rin both suck asses characters they don't have any redeeming qualities rin's just kind of there and like the story is just coming to its logical conclusion because that's the way it was written right yeah i feel like the show like there's a scene you could pinpoint the scene where they go to get their like power. And then like we see goes like, actually I gave the inside of my special ball to Rin. The show just hits like a wall that mm-hmm. it thought was like the like horizon. And it's just like, okay, you c- completed all the intro stuff, the teams together, they're going to have something. And then the show just went off the rails. It's just like, okay, now it's a car wreck. Yeah. Because it, it feels like with that, one decision it it, he really put it into this place of there isn't really a way to be redeemed unless they come up with something completely off the wall so it feels like the writers embrace that like hell yeah let's just make it as stupid as possible from here on out yeah um so that's our feelings (laughs) on Rin I think going into this but (laughs) yeah in episode 11 she's living at granny's house with go and Hitobi, but like, is it her? For me, I was like, okay, is she like still granny sometimes, and that's why they're living there, or is 
are they just like living at Hitomi's? Are they just mm-hmm. squatting here basically mm. and like having sex and Hitomi's trying to watch and I don't know. That's yeah, pretty much how it ended up like looking as the episode progressed. And the vanguard of the soldiers is here. He's a big guy. And like, I hate to keep saying this, but like when the show doesn't have a certain amount of other things going on, I notice all of the ways it's doing plot points from other shows. It's like, oh, there's just a, a like plot point from Garo. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. big dude shows up and we can't beat him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone else won't fight with Go. And they have dates. And I think you wrote, uh, David, something about surfer jane maybe like a part of her body like her foot gets involved in stuff like a, a like shot of her face what, what um what body part were you talking about david her tits so like okay Take all do you know do you know the do you know what the funniest fucking thing I, I just thought about this now since you brought it up surfer jane is in this episode you never see her face not not you don't see her face couple episodes she's in this episode you don't see her face Mm-hmm. That's the kind of horse shit that's in this show, right? Where like it, it's the the sexualization of characters, right, is so frequent and so unfunny that is just a turnoff, right? Like at this point, right, it is very clear to me that all the like weird sexualized stuff in the show is is trying to be played for laughs, but that is not its purpose. Its purpose is there to try and titillate you a hundred percent, a thousand percent. It can't be anything else because the jokes are just unfunny fucking garbage. So the issue becomes then is that is this sexy? And the answer is no, it's not. So like it's failed on two fronts. One, it's not funny. And two, it's not doing the job that it's intended to do. It's just, it's just fucking bad and annoying. I wrote at the start of, 13 there's like a moment where like not cortana like navi shows up on screen just full screen and like i got jump scared by just her tits flying the screen like whoa okay like i was like smithers from like simpsons just like what i just there's a lot of this in the show and i think i even started to hate like the secretary like character who like i loved because at the start she was so funny but then when everybody's horny just like oh let's play nintendo ds and also let's only let's only see your cleavage that's a weird plot point for for jade i don't know this show has like a long running like slice of life shows worth of characters in it for how short it is i mean that's fine like if you wanted to make this a slice of life show that's perfectly okay the issue is that there's not much slice of life shit going on Mm -hmm. that is interesting or funny or like interesting enough right because you've you've tried to bookend it to all the tokusatsu stuff and like the tokusatsu stuff is like your main driving plot line but that stuff is so bad that anytime you go back to the slice of life stuff it's just so disconnected from what else is going on that it's hard to enjoy that stuff when the pace slows down and it's not like oh we gotta fight stuff oh the evil guys are coming right like it, mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a contrast in a way that doesn't fucking work and it doesn't work even more because the writing is bad i think a more competent writer might have been able to pull it together and debatable but it's just it's just it doesn't it doesn't fucking work and it just feels like someone 
you know, took two things, put it in a, you know, in a bowl and just is like repeatedly punching it. You're like, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll mix eventually. And it's just water and oil. It's just no. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with that. I think that maybe just like we know that the people doing this can make pretty effective shows like they're yeah. two of the biggest creators for like just like single name creators in like Toku are these two basically. So it's just too much, like too many cooks, too many I'll, I'll, ingredients. I'll talk about that when I read my final thoughts to you all, because, yeah, it that I address that. Fair enough. Um, I'll keep on the summary then um they all have dates uh the dates aren't bad jokes i guess like rise in a boat we see akiko and then like goes there's like oh he's actually like in a boat and just swim there um it's not the worst joke um there's (laughs) so gone starts getting in underling which is tomi's friend who she who she never hangs out with and she's in a volleyball uniform and that's a fetish thing right like that outfit 100 percent. okay i i couldn't pin it down but it just felt like it, it was like this is too like motto this must be a thing i had no idea so good information there a thousand percent it read to me like those weird black school swimsuits that you see sometimes in like mm-hmm. anime when mm-hmm. you're like what's this mm-hmm. okay it's cool does a hundred percent that i'm glad we're including the 16 year olds now <laughs> gotta have it yeah um the vanguard dude gets depressed and takes a nap and goes left alone at some point i wrote they are just codependent fornicators and hitomi is upset uh and that's true yeah that's yeah strangely accurate and there's this great little conversation with hitomi and rin where rin's like maidens have secret little boxes in their hearts and i was like shut the fuck up also you can't call yourself a maiden we saw the last scene yeah ghost said gat time where they had sex I was like, okay that's like a funny joke in a one-page webcomic I, I don't know if that fits here <laughs> then we see that um the four other teammates are talking and they're like oh should we help go and then rin begs them to help and then there's a weird gag that was very current, I guess, where Ryoko makes it to the Rio Olympics. Right. Yes. Hyper current. <laughs> um, but then the whole team shows up to fight with Go and they just do a bunch of QTs from Bayonetta for a while and win. Which prompts me to go like, okay, if if this is what they have to fight, that seemed pretty easy. Yeah. Relatively. You you fought a man down and you whipped its at like like you didn't even seem to struggle. Like you showed up, you're like, ah, I'm gonna turn to a ball of light, whack, 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 dead. Okay. Then what's the problem with the other thousand dudes? Like you need they're like, oh, we need the the super godly power to go fight the the big dude. And it's like, no, you don't. You just showed me that you could kill like one of them in five seconds. So like, what's the issue? Hmm. I don't know. Um but maybe not every fight go can randomly turn his sword into two wings sure which he he hasn't been doing for the entire show why he didn't have enough meter sure <laughs> that's like like fair right like but <laughs> you can't just invent powers for characters that 
like have no precedent in like they gained these powers somehow right like as far as we know he just had the power to do this all the fucking time and decided not to so because nothing has changed about like he didn't get like some kind of like power up like Haku didn't come back and be like here's my power ball and you can use it to make wings right like that never happened right here's my keto yeah exactly right so you know like by that logic i just assume that he could do this all the time so my question is why hasn't he just done this every single time uh yeah um it would be one thing even if like it was like announced like the thing they do sometimes where it's like secret move or special whatever but he just kind of does it without there's a lot of stuff where like we're meant to like pick up things without even a statement like there's a point later where like they find out that like the hundred soldiers are coming sooner than they thought and it's like at least you could say the bad guys bringing them closer like don't just not bring it up like there's a like slight line to like connect things you know right but yeah um episode ends with Hitomi getting a letter as they all come home and it's Rin saying sorry goodbye she goes to Jin but also Granny's back and I thought it was like sorry goodbye I gave my life to bring Granny back because our souls are connected and I'm passing on to let her live you know I never thought that for a second I just knew she was going back to uh, Jin and yeah um I don't know how Granny goes back but she's back but then also later she's also a force ghost so who knows uh, yeah I point that out several times in my notes too many inconsistencies with Granny there this ending has Ryoko the volleyball player hanging out and people looking at her butt um and on to episode 12 full of ups and downs and ain't that the truth mostly downs so we open up with Jin and Rin acting like they're in a soap opera it's this whole uh ridiculous scene where they're in that this like sheep canopy or sheet canopy and cuddled up to each other and um he's begging her to never leave this that and the other um but then we suddenly have this flashback to when they first declared their love for each other. And in my notes, mm-hmm. I put they decided to do uh, go like a dirty dog and be in love behind his back. Um, <laughs> so we have this little bit of a dramatic scene where um, Jin then demands that uh, Rin toss goes ball of light as a sign of her devotion to him. And uh, yeah. she's a heartless bitch, so she just hands it over to him. And she's like, do what you want. I was really expecting a reason for this. Like, oh, I yeah, we need yeah. to stop the dark prophecy, something, you right. know? Mm-hmm. I wrote that Jin and Rin are like afraid of flies as they're talking. Um, and also, <laughs> Jin <laughs> takes a line exactly from Comrader Fies in a way different context like it's trying to get a pop it will, like it would be like if like um a character in like a star wars movie was like i have you now and it's a really bad moment for me uh and also <laughs> i wrote down the assistant like the catfish can't afford popsicles and is eating her lipstick <laughs> that's funny because i wrote mm. that uh cut to real time the secretary is spying on them and being unhinged as usual on the steps of their office yeah she is a lot here from this point Mm. Uh, well that just leads to us um going over to the shop where go is acting 
equally fucking unhinged looking for Rin. Um, making a mess of the shop, pushing over everyone trying to get in his way. It's he's just acting insane. Yeah. Don't know why they had to do it to him. I really don't either. But then he runs outside and then inexplicably he sees the secretary sitting on the curb in front of the store, drawing on her arm with her lips lipstick, as one does. So that was unexpected. But then so I found this whole scene very confusing but we have this where you don't we say yeah we cut to this weird like coffee shop sequence where it's um gin ren and go but they've got like this loud projector audio playing and they've got like the character voices sound kind of old-timey but it, i mean the like film effect on it is just a little bit oversaturated so you kind of don't get what's happening um but of course the boys are arguing over who she's in love with and just complicated to follow. I yeah. I I have no idea if this is a reference specifically to something else or like what this is. But it's just like why? Like it, like look why is <laughs> why is this here, right? Why? Like if well, you're doing I a gag understand. reference to something but like I don't mm. Yeah. Well, it made it even more disorienting for me because then you see the rest again kind of off to the side being filmed normally and like having reactions to what's going on. But at first, you don't even realize they're in the same room. It's this very discom discombobulated set of scenes. It's like you don't understand what's happening until you get to the very end. And they were like talking at a clip like the like best way that like I could describe they were talking was like whatever like the mid-century Japanese version was of like a mid-Atlantic accent, like the way they were speaking. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like the, the fake, you know, accent or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then this is another situation where you just see granny suddenly appear at will, which we didn't know she had the ability to do, but of course we also didn't show, know she was coming back from the dead, so why the fuck not? I mean, like, she's just um, alive again, right? Like, she just says that. She's like, oh, I'm back from the dead. Yeah, and it's, it's so like, weird. How? What? Like, that's just the thing you can do? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so after um, Bryn explains that she actually doesn't love him, she loves Jin, Go runs off uh, outside of the restaurant with Ren inexplicably chasing him, even though she's the one who just broke his heart. It's it's very strange. And she, like, there's a lot of like weird stuff. Like she gets slapped by Hitobi, and then the rest of the team is like, "Oh, she surpassed them. She surpassed Takari Bito." Oh yeah, that's that's closer to the end. But in between that, you have to uh, acknowledge this weird ass uh, thing that we get with Jin and his secretary. Because it goes oh, from, God. like, the opening scene is just him and the secretary for once looking fucking normal. Like, nobody's naked, everybody's dressed professionally, and they're, like, not all over each other. But then all of a sudden they have this dramatic scene where she's telling him that she's going to kill Rin, and she's suddenly wearing a robe, and he, like, slaps her around, and it's just very dramatic. Oh, yeah, and she gets naked and crawls all over the wall. Yep. Because guess what? Yeah. She's been a Maji the whole time. Yeah. I think, I think like they might have tried to imply that she turned into a Maji due to her greed of how much she wanted Jin to herself. 
they did a very fucking poor job of illustrating that. And you want to yes. know why? Yeah. We don't, we still don't know what the fuck Magi are or do. Yeah, we never learn. Like, they are a plot point that is introduced and they just completely fucking dropped. Right. As far as we know, they still exist. Like, you know, at the end of the series, writers come and something happens. But like, are like are Baji just around still? I guess. What are they doing? Mm. They're like naturally occurring and based off energy, which isn't really explained. But it's kind of like the Garo thing, where it's like, oh yeah, and the horrors are negative energy. But sometimes there's good Maji, so it's just energy becomes Maji, I think we're supposed to do, which is a really kind of like haphazard way to do this. Mm-hmm. And so when she gets naked and becomes like a, a like Maji, um, she um wasn't expected or contract to be nude, I guess, just partially nude. So she was like covered in like mid Digimon, like... <laughs> Evolution lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that ringing effect she had around her. Uh, just what a weird moment. And, like, she, like, leaves through the window and says goodbye forever. She's back next episode. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is really bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah, so after that is when we have the scene where um, Rin's looking for Go, but then Hitomi oh, yeah, right, right. catches up and uh, basically calls her like the cruelest being in the universe and slaps her and then walks off. And then we see that all the sidekicks have been sitting in the bushes waiting and are like, oh, hey, she stood up to a non-human. Good for her. Um, And then we cut back to Granny's house and everyone's trying to low lure go out of bed with ice pops. And then when that doesn't work, they decide to have sh- uh, shows sexually assault him. All in good fun, of course. Right. <laughs> Um, until he flips out quite literally, like rolling across the floor, kicking and like punching and screaming about uh, how depressed he is. And it's just a lot happening at once. Yeah, definitely. So then, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was going to ask, like, this was where Rin goes to go to ask him to stop Jin from destroying the Earth. Yeah, pretty much, because I think that Jin is, like, to him, this is this really romantic moment. Like, he's showing her this globe statue in his office, and he's like, oh, yeah, the Earth is beautiful. I'm going to give it all to you by destroying all of humanity. And she's like, whoa, wait, I didn't sign up for that. So they, this is another scene that gets really confusing, because she does tell him, you know, I don't want you to do this, and he promises not to, but then all of a sudden, like we cut to a disembodied voice saying the soldiers are ahead of schedule. And then it kind of looks like the voice is coming from her Rin? mouth. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like this weird. I, I didn't understand what was happening. Uh, if you told me that this was like four X translated between different languages, like, Oh, this got translated from Japanese to German to Spanish to English. Just like super machine translated, I believe it for like some points. Just the way it has mm-hmm. things happen, where I'm like, did they miss an ex- did they miss a major plot point or explanation? There's something missing in some of these scenes. Oh, right, right, yeah. And I, I just just I always assume it's because I missed something in the uh, subtitles because I'm still not always the quickest at reading those. 
But then other times I'm like, no, I, I read that very carefully and I, I don't understand why everybody's so angry right now. It's one thing, though, if like one of us misses something and the, and the other person says, oh, actually, like this scene, they were talking about how, oh, when electricity goes over a ley line, it becomes like a magic. Like, you know, like yeah. that's one thing, but it just doesn't come up. It doesn't happen. Well, I'm glad it wasn't just a, a situation where I wasn't seeing it. So, but yeah, so we we go into this thing where, um, you know, after that happens, she gets all freaked out and she goes to a bus stop and sees Go and she tells him, "Look, you need to stop this dude. He's lost his shit." Um, he walks on them and catches them talking to each other, and he's like, "You just don't understand." And of course, it gets really dramatic, but um. So Go and Jen decide to battle. Hitomi is off to the side crying for some reason. I, I still don't <laughs> quite understand what was going on with all that. But we get a really, really great uh, battle scene between Go and Jen. I enjoyed that a lot. So Jin's like Hikari Bito form is just like the like horned beetle to go stag beetle or like hammerhead shark kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just mm-hmm. Go, but different. Very slightly. He's slightly Crota from Destiny, just a kind of weird, dark dude. Yeah. Um, and like also, I don't know if it's his blade or just because Rid's involved, there's like moans as they clash blades during this fight scene. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, and like the uh, the ghost women flying around, depending on how hard they hit each other, determines like how many of those ghost women fly around like each hit. It was so weird. Maybe they like got confused and wanted to show they were really disoriented and like have little birds over their heads, but then they only had naked ladies in their asset f- file. Well, they were like, "That's." They were like, "Rin hasn't really served a purpose up to this point. Let's make her the inspiration for these like battle sounds." And like, I feel like they were trying to imply towards the end that maybe like Tomi loved Go, and that's why she was so invested. But she's just here because. They build her as a main character at some point, but she does nothing, has no development. Yeah. And I wouldn't have liked it if she was like, oh, go, I love you. She doesn't do that. She doesn't yeah. contribute. That's what I was afraid of, too, because it, it definitely didn't seem like within anything in Hitomi's character to suddenly decide that go is like the love of her life. And on top of that, right. it really would be strange in a show like this to have three different women that are chasing after him. Like, I know things with Rin get, like, weird and complicated, but still, that's, like, between her and Sho to have now Hitomi come in and be in love with him also, that just doesn't seem like something that they would even bother trying to write a storyline for. Yeah, and, like, (laughs) let's talk about how Rin... Uh, ends her mortal realm. You know what? I don't (sighs) think I can without getting infuriated because that was the cheapest fucking thing. I'm still furious because she already had played such a useless role, but to do this and completely negate everything that both of the uh, main characters were doing, uh, yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> I have words about this. <laughs> I'm going to let David take over my opinion on this. <laughs> yeah, go, David. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> we previously established that Rin is like, hey, go. Uh, Jin's going to blow up the fucking earth or kill everyone or whatever she's gonna, he's going to do. You need to go stop him. And he's like, 
oh, well, I don't hear you. You're mean to me, so I don't want to do it. And eventually he decides, okay, fine, I'll go stop Jin, right? And then immediately when he's going to get the fucking death blow on Jin, he's like, I'm going to end it. We're, we're done. We're like, this is good. The conflict's over, right? She jumps in front of Jin and is like, no, don't kill him. It's like, bitch, you asked me to. <laughs> the fuck? After making me give you two sources of power in the past that you threw away on top of that. So, of course, she jumps in front of Jin and is like, hey, man, uh, no, like, can't kill him now because I said so, even though I told you to kill him. But like, I didn't mean to actually kill him, but. You, but I I did but um uh uh but I did but I didn't really whatever she just gets fucking cut in half and we're like I, I at this point I'm like thank fucking god she's not gonna be in this last episode well I I, I personally clapped yeah but but like literally there she's like dying on the ground and they're like oh, Rin, uh. I'm like Rin didn't do shit this entire fucking show why are you crying about her death she is literally useless and doesn't do anything other than incite fucking people to fight for no reason tear apart best friendships I even wrote in my notes Hitomi is crying over this for some godforsaken reason does she still think her life is connected to her grandmother's? I uh, I don't know. Who well, knows? no, because then, like at the end credits, it kind of like flashes to her spending time with Rim. But I'm like, that was a combination of three minutes the entire time she lived with you. All the rest of the time, she was ride and go. Like, what is happening here? Uh, and it takes so long too. Like in our chat, like a put a gift from the Austin Powers moment where he like steamrolls this guy and it takes like 90 <laughs> seconds. She's like in the way forever. She could have grabbed Jin and pushed him at this point. Right. He could have grabbed her and pushed her. Like, And like Go was like the slowest Beyblade. He was just going forward for like 30 seconds it felt like. The whole thing was insane. And like I guess like on one level, it's, oh, yeah, she's cut in half. Ha ha ha. That's that's fitting, you know, but dumb. Now everyone can have two halves. Go can have one half and Jin can have one half. And then everyone is happy. And now, yeah, the rid and the yang. Now they can be best friends again. Exactly. I just, yeah, <sighs> I was just it's like, wow, it's, Rin. This was this episode was a lot for all of us, I think. Just this is the second to last episode, and they're like, "Oh yeah," and also the soldiers are here. I thought that might happen because this this is the last episode. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. Like we've had a lot of fourth wall breaking this entire series, and that's kind of been one of the funny things about it. But they really go out of control with it on these last three episodes. Like they don't even try to pretend that it's a TV show anymore. Yeah, and man, Hitomi is just like supposed to be the main character. She's done nothing. Oh, yeah, she remains useless to the very end, but at least she's consistent. Good for her. Yeah, no. Um, sorry, everyone. Um, a slight real life thing happens. We're just going to cut back here and say this is the end of the episode. <laughs> she turns into feathers. She's dead. <laughs> Boom. She's dead. Finally. Boom. Thanks. Yes. We all we all cheered. Never, never have I cheered for character death where the 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 main characters are so sad. Like all the main characters are just like, no, she's dead. And I'm like, finally, yes, yes. 
I didn't understand why half of them are sad, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, honestly. Like, some of them, be, like, barely fucking know her. You know, it's Rin. She's important. Sure. Yep. I do a bunch of stuff, like, the ending of this episode is the garden lunch with her to Toby. I don't... If she was still her grandmother, it would at least mean something. Yeah. Yeah, this is just weird. Let's hit that last episode, though, David. The first and last time, <sighs> episode 13 of Shogi Goregoth. They should just call it the fucking last time. The last time I ever have to hear about this awful show. Um, yep. <laughs> so, the Hikari Bito are just like, well, the, you know, the super beings are coming earlier than we thought. They're going to be here, like, I think Navi's like, they're going to be here today. And they're like, ah, shit, we're screwed. Um, so they go have a little powwow and a meeting with uh, the magical ghost man, like magical suit ghost man. Uh, what's his name? Kayo, the king of heaven, basically. And so yeah, go ahead. real quick, David, mm-hmm. 13 episodes, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That's about 100 days. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they had to make it not like I kind of assumed it was going to be roughly 100 days with how long the show was on. They're like, oh, we've only put 58 days. You could write around that. Mm-hmm. You, you can write around that. Yep. It's my thought. Yep. 100%. Say, oh, it's been 60 days at, at last time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so please keep going. Um. So he, you know, this whole time, Kayo has like had his face like obscured by like black flames or whatever. And then this time he's just like, no, I'm going to show show my face. So I I had to go look up who this guy was because I'm like, they they make his face reveal seem like it's a big fucking deal. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So the actor in this is Terry Ito. Um, and okay. he is supposed to be some kind of like, he's like a director of something like I, I'm sure I'm sure because he knew he's a fucking weirdo and likes French cinema and other weird ass shit that like Terry Ito is some <laughs> kind of like weird fucking like reference to him where he's like, ah, you just wouldn't get it. Right. Like he's huffing his own farts or something, but like to anyone else, it's just like, who the hell is this dude? I don't know. Who cares? Um, yeah. So in a, in a weird turn of events, he's like, Oh, we we're going to have a, we're going to have a feast. Let's do it. We'll have a feast. So they get all the ladies together from the entire show because they're like, well, we paid you for, you know, 13 episodes and contractually you have to show up. So we'll just put you all in the same scene. So we never have to see you again. Um, (laughs) And he just goes, uh, they're like, oh, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. And he's like, oh, it's fun. It's great. Yeah. We're having a good time before we all get beat up by the, uh, the thousand warriors who are coming and they're like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Like cool guy. Who's basically God. Like he's essentially God. They're like, how much money do you make? And he's like, as much as I want. They're like, what kind of people do you like? And he's like, I'm omnisexual and love everyone. It's great. And they're like, that's real nice. And everyone's like super nice to him. And they're like, Oh, sing one song of karaoke. And he's like, okay. And he's like, he just starts spitting. Like I'm going to kill everyone. Every single one of you, you will all die. I will send my warriors to murder every single one of you. None of you will survive the day. Goodbye. And then just mic drops and everyone's like, yay. Yay. Exactly. And it's like, what? (laughs) So the guy just decides, oh, just genocide humanity because I'll start over. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh- that was a plot twist. I was not expecting that. Like with everything that we'd seen concerning him up to that point, I automatically assumed that he was going to be like, "Oh no, we have to fight these soldiers and you know protect humanity at all costs." Like, and we'll admit, for as lame as these episodes were, that was pretty good. Oh no! What a weird turn of events. The weird guy <laughs> in a white religious suit is an evil fucker. Who would have thought? Yeah. Not me. Couldn't have been me. Well, I'm an American, so, you know, I tend to fall for things like that. Dark. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. So the plot he hatched was, I'm going to turn Jin evil because... Reasons? Actually, not yet, because Jin doesn't yet want to wipe humans off the planet. He just turns Jin evil because Rin's gone. Says, hey, lead this army to take over and kill humanity. Also, I'm going to put a bunch of gins in jail and I'm going to make the only person I know is not under my control be his warden with four other people. Then I'm going to attack them. Hopefully, Jin escapes. Then I'm going to make the only person I know could oppose me um, make a team to fight the army that's coming for some reason. And then I'm going to show up and tell them to work for me. Seems like there's a lot of missed, just a lot of steps out of this plan. Why do you need two sides if you just want to destroy humanity? It kind of feels like if he'd just condensed his instructions a little bit, he wouldn't have lost control of the situation so quickly. Why'd he give them the power they need to kill him? Also that. You know what? There's a lot of flaws in this plan. Let's just take it back. We're going to workshop it before we come out with a final. How about that? Like, they could have done something simple with the tree stuff and be like, oh, like, Rin's the tree of life and he needed to find her and he needed Jin to find her in order to restart humanity. That's at least something, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And that plot line just completely disappears. Like, just fizzled, he, yeah. he, was, he was building the magical tree for what? Funsies. So it's leaf could fall onto Granny and remind her she was Rin. Mm. Right. <laughs> well, it's rock solid, folks. I don't know what else you need from us. We don't even see like the team beat up the Winking Willow, I don't think, either. So I don't know. Mm-mm. It's just a naked lady tree and it's gone after its leaves make somebody remember things. Of course. I mean, again, like this is what I'm talking about is like Ingaro, the weird like sex shit was consequential to what was going on in the scene. Whereas like this is like it serves no fucking purpose other to try and titillate you. But it it does not work. It's just annoying. For a minute, it was funny, but it overstayed its welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it quickly got to be not funny when it was every other scene. I'm like, OK, this is. Just, it's not really something I want to see anymore. I'm good. Hitomi becomes Rin really quick. Remember this moment, guys? Oh yeah. my god. This is after I think she talks to Go and is like, I like you because you state like your feelings loud. Sure. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like at this point of the series, like I'm so personally just so fucking checked out. Like I just do not give mm-hmm. a singular shit. Um, the team fights the king of heaven and Jin's there, but he has like creation powers. But then Haku shows up as like, we voted you out. <laughs> yeah, you're no longer <laughs> the king of heaven. It's like, you can just do that. 
Apparently he could have done it the whole time, which makes all this doubly fucked up. Yep. They had a, they had a vote of no confidence in fucking heaven. Like it's the Senate from Star Wars. Yeah. And they did it after he'd already been causing chaos for like two months. Awesome. I am the Senate. <laughs> I am in the Senate. And he's like, well, I can't like control reality. So I'm going to become a big dinosaur. As one does. Was this a Godzilla reference? I, I really feel like it was because it, just the way that they showed that like that side angle of him like crashing through the uh, water and everything. I was like, I know I have watched that in a Godzilla movie before. I, I just know I have. I know that one of the shows people really like from 90 Sentai, like late 90 Sentai is Ginga Man, which is like a nature show that has like some similar like writing staff to this. So I like put in one of the monsters from that in the chat. It, it might be a reference by just be a we want a Saurian design. That's like way too similar. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, And then also like the 2011 Super Sentai show is all about gathering greater powers and they're using that same phrasing here. So is this also a reference? I just don't know what the what to what end. I mean, it kind of feels like they're they probably all reference each other at this point. Well, yeah, but like when the height of the references, there's great power. There's also a greater power. Okay, cool. And also a greater power, and it's called a Reese's Cup. Uh, they use the great power to make their ship a mecha, mm-hmm. but it's, it gets beat in one hit. Yep. Then Jin's like, here's your mojo back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's what's up here it's weird it's really weird and like Hitomi gets all of the cast to come from the party and be like hey like let's all go watch this fight to make sure we're true earthlings and we're helping and then it's like fucking Yamashita has actually the best line of the show where he's like this truly is earth's greatest crisis <laughs> that got me uh, and then they say, oh, time to activate the true great power. Human words. And then they get powered up like a Peter Pan style. Like, I believe in like fairies, like say their name. And they're like, that was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Come on, everyone. Let's do it together. My stomach hurt watching that. There was just something so fucking bizarre about it. I couldn't. I just couldn't. It's one of those things that media doesn't do much anymore, but it kind of takes a lot of buy-in to do that kind of like Dragon Ball Z, like spirit bomb thing, or like just some kind of faith moment. Probably wouldn't have been so bad if there hadn't been so many names. Like if it had just been a couple of them, fine. But I mean, it felt like we were there for a long time. The whole cast goes, show, Geki, go, Rai, gone. And then they get Super Sentai forms. Yeah, of course. I, and I was like, why? Like, you've not you've not earned this, like, in any way, shape or form. In fact, I think you've, like, soured anything that the people watching would would be down for for this. Like, it's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, it's just one last <laughs> middle finger. Yeah, you haven't earned these forms. Don't you remember the time that they eight umeboshi though wasn't that grand don't remind me of better things <laughs> uh and their mecha also gets stronger 
and they beat the Shinkai King dragon form. Sure. And then everyone's so happy. They're like, the true battle starts as they have to fight the thousand. Why not? Why are there so many things that don't resolve or matter? Mm-hmm. Just don't have there be like a thousand things. Be like, oh, the great dragon's coming. And it turns out the great dragon was like the Shinkai King all along. Easy. Like not to like, like not to say like plotting is easy. Something really got away from them or that they had some stuff planned. But you could like these like a thousand warriors you could have cut them from the show entirely right and then Jin's just dying <laughs> off screen for a while uh, and then like his secretary shows up and her butt does too um, and she just rides him back into consciousness <sighs> you know yeah sometimes you gotta do it she's human now he's fine now and then the credits play with all our fun memories with our friends and they tell us thanks for watching here's our blu-ray oh my god it was the worst uh i definitely don't think fives will leave us like this fives at least has a some emotional resonance i will say good because i can't handle getting cucked like this again i just i mean kiva had an ending hibiki didn't really but that wasn't his fault <laughs> deno wasn't the worst Deno was okay. That's okay. At least Deno ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Well, we'll get to see the postscript on Deno at some point. I'm going to go back to see what they did after, maybe, but it ended for its time. Yeah. <laughs> did we finish Dogusatsu Gaga Ga stuff, or did we just watch the first couple episodes of that? No, we, we did the whole thing. Okay. That ended. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, you know what? Honestly, that one that one should have set me up for what I was looking at for the rest of this. I think that was a pretty good ending. Like the characters, it, it made was. Things. But even with that one, there were a couple of things where I was like, "Man, I wish that would have resolved a little bit differently." Not to say that <laughs> we haven't had worse experiences, but you know, fair enough. Um, but. Here we are. We've come to the end of the show. And I guess just um, anyone got any overall thoughts to share about this experience you've been on? I do. I've written an entire like fucking giant paragraph. If you, if you, if you yeah. want me, I'll just read it verbatim. So screed at me. So <laughs> my my final thoughts on Shogeki Goregan. So. Shogeki Goregan is a series with a pedigree so huge that you would think it would be, you know, like a smash hit. So I don't know whether it suffers from too many cooks in the kitchen or just a lack of writing chops. Uh, Shogeki Goregan fails in so many ways you think it was created by amateurs. Uh, the main character, Hitomi, as said explicitly by herself, does absolutely nothing in the series after the third episode. Go and the rest of the crew are complete tropes of shonen protagonists and don't have any kind of interesting character arc or development. Jin is introduced as a big evil bad guy, but doesn't actually do anything all that evil to fight the heroes and is mostly them ending up doing small time job and fighting monsters of the week, which are inconsequential to the plot. 
Uh, Rinus introduces a plot device halfway through the series, but by the end of the series, doesn't have any actual powers that affect the plot or move the story along. By the end of the series, this love triangle that is written between Gojin and Rin is so vapid you would think you were watching the tokusatsu version of a cheesy romance novel. The overt sexualization of a majority of the cast is played for laughs, but falls hard on its face even the best reconstructive surgeon couldn't fix this fucking script on the topic of the overt sexualization. There's way too much of it. And that has absolutely nothing to do with the plot at all. And is purely there to titillate, but still fails to even do that. Um, it just comes off as extremely skeevy plot lines are left unfinished all over the place to the point where the actual plot is inconsequential and you will give up around episode nine and just want to get the fuck off this TV show. Where did Jin's magical totem come from or go? Like, what are the Magi? Like, why did God just decide to kill everybody at the end? Did they defeat the Thousand Warriors? Because they don't fucking show that either. Fuck if I know, because the show doesn't decides that it doesn't care. And quite frankly, at this point, neither do I. At the end of all this, it's a shame that a series that is so, like, just dripping in Amemiya's style from Garo is entirely wasted on a script that ultimately doesn't care about its own subject matter and it's trying to parody other tokusatsu shows, but is doing so so badly compared to other shows like Changeron. It's just completely laughable. Overall, I think that Shogeki Goraigan uh, says absolutely nothing about the genre, and it is the absolute <laughs> definition of a polished turd. It looks great, but there's nothing of substance there. Very well said. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Uh, any? What are your thoughts, uh, Steph? I, I mean, <laughs> David obviously said it much better than I could have. I'll just say it's it's very okay, and I hate to even say that much positive about it, but. If you're looking for the type of raunchy humor that it has, there are a lot of other shows, including ones that we have watched, that do that in a better and more clever way. If you're looking for something that's got some good action, we've also watched shows that do that in a better, more clever way. Like, this show is just very okay, but it seems like it cannot decide what it wants to be. And to the detriment of the entire show, it it just flounders. because it has some spaces where it really looks like if they had put some more focus, it could have been a much more polished show. It could have had some direction, but the, I think the biggest uh, issue with it was that the show could never just quite decide what direction it was going into. So it tried to focus on too many things at once. So it dropped too many threads at once. Um, It's okay. If you just absolutely don't have anything else to watch, but as I've said, just about anything you're looking for in this show, we've covered other shows that do it better. I, yeah, that's fair. Um, There's better Toku. There's better Toku in 2013 um, that I could think of just like, I can't super confirm. I'm sure if I looked what, Uh, let's just go 2013 on this wiki. Um, People really like uh, both Sentai shows that year. Go Buster and, Kyuger. I'm sure if I search Common Rider 2013, I'll get a all right show. It's probably like fours or something. Mm-hmm. Uh no, that's Common Rider fucking game where Gen Orobuchi is there and people love that show. That's a cult classic. That's like a show that like a lot of people like do say should be like a high on your list, like maybe like first show. I'm sure Ultraman was a 
it's like cool then um it's hard because like just browsing the wikipedia for inoue i see that he's putting out shows or, or like contributing to things or being like an executive on so much stuff for years and years basically from like 1986 to like 2011 the dude doesn't not have two or three credits a year in like expansive places so maybe it's just like hey he was at a point where he was just like doing so much stuff and he had a certain level of claim it was just a lot like maybe the expectations were weird like oh let's have our joke show let's have our big Mm -hmm. referential over like let's have something like is for everything and that's hard to do this does feel like it was just too much mm-hmm. maybe there's it was just like hey we got the slot for you please do whatever you want here's your budget sometimes that's bad <laughs> sometimes it's just like a bad thing for you maybe it was just like other things happened you wasted you wasted be- fucking black condor on this shit you fuckers <laughs> I was about to say if somebody had said that to me like here makes the kind of show you want to see and here's an unlimited budget I could probably come up with something exactly like this just be like nope throw more boobs into it like I mean if if you're not really thinking it out that much this works I also don't know what the situation was like maybe like he didn't actually have that much like to like do about it like maybe he had a certain like limited ability to like affect the plot of it or whatever like he had a little bunch of things to hit like maybe he was just writing and there was the whole thing there who knows Mm -hmm. like even a like very established like well-respected writer isn't gonna like um get to do everything just because this seems like such a show for that like because of like the two major creatives but that might not that might not be the case and maybe just it just wasn't we all have a lot of bad ideas and he's fortunate in that he has done a lot of great ideas mm-hmm. he has a lot of shows people really like um he fucking is like <laughs> he wrote on like ninja scroll and like Yu-Gi-Oh and like he's like detective code this guy's been around for so long oh he's fine he had a dud, so maybe who knows how much his fault this definitely was kind of and like maybe it was kind of oh maybe it was like hey like make sure my cool shit's in here <laughs> especially this Rin costume I love it yeah. this Rin costume bit more who knows where the horny came from because these dudes are horny but also not to this degree usually I don't know <laughs> and also we aren't like <laughs> We aren't Japanese millennials. Who knows? Maybe this was a hit. They're like, oh, man, I love this reference to like this thing that we had to read from like mythology in high school. And I love this humor. These references like maybe it's like watching Bojack Horseman. If you're like Japanese, you're like, what's this about? (laughs) You know, we can miss a ton of it. uh, Yeah. Or even something like a little bit more innocuous. Like I've I've had friends internationally that'll see something like um, Saved by the Bell. And they'll be like, well, how yeah. close is that to the American experience? And I'm like, not at all, even a little bit. You would have been arrested for half the shit these kids pulled. Like, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's different from like cultural aspect whenever you're dealing with media like this. So not a great show. I just wanted to say maybe <laughs> we should be a little 
more careful with the blame for what happened. Sometimes like things just aren't good. Uh, but yeah, definitely the writing was a low point <laughs> of the show. <laughs> it had potential. It just didn't quite reach it. Around like episode six, I was pretty high on it. I was like, okay, you've established the cast. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah, it was the same. I thought it could go a good direction. I mean, I should have known better just based off experience, but I had faith. I did not know that you were so low on these shows. I thought you were like pretty okay on some of them stuff. No, I am. I, I just, I have gotten to a point where I still keep expecting that just one time we're going to watch one that has a satisfying ending. And every time it doesn't happen, I get a little bit more cynical. Okay. That's fair, I guess. I still like them and I still have fun and I'm still going to keep watching them. I just might get a little bit more negative without each bad ending we get. I'm so excited to talk about Cubrider Fies because I don't know <laughs> what you guys are thinking about it either way. But uh, let's talk about some lister questions that we got. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Who wants to just like grab one first? Um, I can't answer number one because I don't have enough experiences to, but uh, I mean, you can still give your perspective. Like, we don't know like this answer. We just are going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but like with you guys. OK, so I'll read the question and then we can kind of expand on why I'm not uh, entirely sure about it. So uh, the subject is the point of subtitles and the message goes, hi, writers, I've been listening to your uh Gorgon episodes and had a question about subtitles. I haven't been following along with the show itself, but there was a point you mentioned switching to a fan subgroup you liked less. Part of this was because they left more Japanese in and did things like keep the aliens uh, parentheses angels question mark named uh, Hikaribito? Hikaribito. Hikaribito. There you go. Instead of just calling them light people. That made me think of all the anime I watched growing up that I would either watch dubbed with a lot of stripped out or fan sub with notes about the Japanese that was being left untranslated. Most subs today are in the middle and rewrite things to avoid adding translation notes. What do you folks think subtitles should do? Thanks for making the show, Jesse. Uh, thanks, Jesse. That's a repeat question. Um, or you have sent in questions before. Not that's a repeat question. <laughs> Your repeat uh, fan. <laughs> there you go. That's Which what I meant. Sounds much less offensive. Just don't listen to Kip ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, true. Uh, I haven't, honestly, I haven't watched a lot of anime or toku. I, like everything that I watch is with Kip and David. So I don't, it, until they tell me there's a difference, I just, I don't know the difference between the uh, the subtitle notes. I mean, like, it's more that, like, some styles of subtitle will, like, include a Japanese word and a note. Like, this means pickled plums instead of saying pickled <laughs> plums, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, we've had a couple episodes like that. So, yeah, I guess I understand. It's it's very much, okay, I this is a meme, but it illustrates my point really well. Do you all know of the the Death Note uh, screen grab where it says yes. all according to Keikaku? Yes. <laughs> right. And then it, at the top is this translator's note. It says Keikaku means plan. Th this is kind of like a similar thing, right? So, like, your question is like, when is it okay to keep things like uh, Hikaribito instead of just calling them light people? Or, like, when is it, you know, 
you know, uh, translate it to something, right? In the case of something like Death Note, where you go all according to Keikaku, right? It's just Keikaku means plan. Just write plan. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't translate that. Like, like, why would you keep that? But in the case of like something like Hikaribito, Hikaribito is not a word. It's like a, an amalgamation of two words. So in this case, you could probably like translate it like multiple different ways, right? Like Hikari is light and Bito is people, right? So you put it together, it means light people, right? Like, yeah, you can understand that as like a simpler thing, but it's, it's more difficult when you have something like, um, I think one piece is a good example of this, right? When you translate a word like Nakama, Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you could translate that as friend, but it's it it's not quite the same as friend because it's like, well, tomodachi means friend, and that's how you'd use friend. So it's saying like, oh, he's my nakama, like that's not the same. Like, there's Japanese is very like weird and specific when in regards to relationships, and I think that's where a lot of translation should probably be careful about where it uses Japanese and where it translates things because mm-hmm. I think it can occasionally give off the wrong um, context, even though what you translated it as is technically correct. The context is different. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, yeah. when you have subtitles, I think you have to be cognizant of how that context is to be received on the subtitle reader's end rather than it being a perfect translation. Like to me, your, your, your intent is to translate the context and not just the language. And that's a little bit harder to do depending on what you're, you're translating. And for a show like this, I I don't think that there's a lot of things that was like, oh, this is hard to translate because it's not that hard. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we see it mostly in Japanese because like of like. You mentioned a couple of episodes ago, David, but like a big thing is that like there's just a massive like media output. Yes. And like Mm -hmm. soft power, like from Japan, where like. But this like happens with a lot of things where it's like, oh, what does this word mean in Spanish? You're like, oh, it's actually like much more deeper when you like know the history of like revolutions, what this word right. means, whatever. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like in a, it's it's like in a drama, right? Where you have like a like a Japanese drama and someone's like on their deathbed in, you know, uh, the hospital or something, and their family comes in and they like look at their like like their their daughter knowing they're about to die and they just go, Arigato. Right. Like to you as a person, yeah. you you translate that as like, thank you. Right. And like, would right. you put that in the subtitles? Yeah, I guess. But like the context of that is completely fucking different. It's it's not just like, thank thank you. Like, thank you for what? Like, I don't like, you know, it's there's there's things that are attached to that saying in the moment and time that it's used that you aren't able to translate, you know, in just like a small snippet at the bottom of the screen. I think when we think of the older fan sub, a lot of translator notes thing though, that's almost like individually wrapping different pieces of the translation for not really like a clarity reason or like a lack of like, in a lot of cases, like under like, a lack of the ability to like 
represent things reason it's more of just like japanese is cooler than english i think sometimes it has more context and like more um inf- uh, and i don't know if inflection is the word but um a lot more subtlety to it i think like what's happening now in a lot of different anime is like oh if there's a moment where there's a poem they might change the poem around so it still rhymes in english but if it's a meaningful poem they might add a translate note to be like oh this means this right. so you know later when yeah. the same berry comes up for like another joke or whatever you know i think like the older style overdid it that's just me like i like the newer style more where some things might get changed like um in comrade zero one there's a character that cracks a lot of jokes they get changed unless they're like plot relevant or setting up like another joke later you know mm-hmm. to rhyme or whatever and yeah it's hard uh, but i say just i don't necessarily watch something because i want to learn and like further my like world's worst anthropology degree i kind of watch something to like get the story and like if it's relevant but i don't need to like know how smart the translator is i guess right and i think a lot of the issue too is that you have to remember like most of these things that are being translated are being translated by amateurs mm-hmm. and there is no way to vet like what is their actual japanese skill level right like i don't know have they have they passed n1 have they passed in two or they end seven like that doesn't exist right like that like you don't know you're just having to take what they are they yeah like you know (laughs) you just have to take what they what they say at kind of face value in the subtitles because you are just as oblivious as anyone else if you don't know japanese yourself right like you're you're at their mercy yeah exactly 100 percent and that's me. That's why you guys could tell me something was translated completely wrong. And I'd be like, huh, you're right. <laughs> I literally wouldn't know. Sometimes you do get people who strip context out in a bad way. Like, I know, like a big thing, like I was mad when even Gellion came to Netflix and they took out the gay line uh, where a character said, it's because I love you to like another like male character. That was. But he wasn't gay. A bad. But choice. he wasn't gay. He wasn't what? gay. A coward? He's just Japanese. He's gay. Yeah. No, he's not. If if you if you read the Japanese, it's he's not. It's it's like getting there, but it's not like as explicit as people have made it out to be. In my opinion, I I think there's greater context from the series where I just think you could just say it's I love you, and it it and like it. Does not have to be romantic love, but also that's a wild. Let's not go. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> um, just not saying I love you when somebody's saying a version of love because you don't want to have any context. Right. That's a bad translation to me. Yes, yes. I agree. I agree with that. But I mean, again, like that's what I mean. You are you are left to the translators' devices. If they feel one way about it, they can translate it however they want, and you just kind of have to accept that as fact or learn Japanese and make your own conclusion. One cool thing though, is that because fan subs are like more intimate and don't have that same like level of just like need to be perfect. You can have kind of like a like colloquialism develop where you're like, okay, now this whole community knows what Nakaba means because nobody knows what Nakaba means, you know? 
Right, right, right. Yep. And that's cool. Uh, but that's like a long term kind of like <laughs> process of building a community kind of thing, which doesn't really happen on the individual like sub level. But also we all know what like the word like kick eye means because it's like, oh, plan, you know, there we go. Right. <laughs> uh, Want to take question two, David? Sure. Yeah. Hey, all I've been watching Shogeki Goraigan with you and I don't mind it as much. I don't think this show is very good, but I noticed that whenever a plot beat gets repeated from a previous one of these shows in Shogeki Goraigan, you all seem exasperated. Why has seeing these moments repeated in the show not worked for you? Would it help if you saw it years later like you would have if you're fans of when these shows came out? Cheers, Antipode. Another repeat. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably. Probably. I mean, for me, yeah, I, I think a lot of the problem is that some of these shows tend to have the same beats over and over again. So, yeah, if we watch a couple where it seems like we've got some of the main ones that just keep getting hit over and over again, I will definitely be exasperated, um, whether it's the right reaction or not. So I, I, I will own up to that 100 uh, percent. Yeah, I think it's just can be frustrating too to see something that you've enjoyed. Like in the case of like a lot of jokes from Change Your or like more serious plot beats from Garo, where it's like, oh, this is back. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's back in a way that is not written as well as the original. Exactly. Where like, yeah, it's just they're not they're not handled in the same way, so it comes off as like an inferior version of the same joke because. I feel like if they were written the exact same way, I probably would have had no problem with it. Like if they were, if they, they were used in the same way they were in the original, I would get it. But like just making like an offhanded reference, but like, I think this is like specifically, for no reason. yeah, for not, not for no reason, but like, I think this is like the thing, like the umeboshi and the, the like kakigori stuff, right? It's like the same joke again and again and again like you can write that joke but it has to be written like in a way that is like relevant to the plot in some way i guess and is actually funny like you can't there's a lot of japanese humor that is very much like loud equals funny or overreaction equals funny and i think that's just because lots of japanese people are very like very low key and like kind of quiet so like when there's a character who's like kind of bombastic or like everyone's freaking out, it's like, ha so weird, right? Like maybe that's just my stupid gaijin take on it. Like, I don't know, but I think that it's also just, it can work in a like certain amount of isolation or space. I think it was happening a lot. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I'll take uh, question number three. Uh, enjoying this show. Geki. Hi, um, hi, writer club. I've been following along with you all watching Shogeki and I've been enjoying it. I think the horny lady is funny like James says, but also that the overall horny is too much like David says. I think the physical humor and, and gags are usually pretty fun. I'm a big fan of slice of life anime like Kobayashi Dragon Maid, so so this might just be my thing. Um, as for my question, I have two. First one is, um, what kind of merch would you want from this show? <laughs> Second is, uh, what would you change about the writing what would you change about the show writing or character wise? Since I know there's a lot you all don't love. Oh. Uh, and no name there. So let's just call you Gumby. 
Uh, no, we won't do that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes if it's something's a thing in other things you watch, even if it's not earned in the thing you watch, or you just have different tastes too. Uh, I didn't. I like some of the like sushi. Let's roll, 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 roll stuff. Rotate. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but what do you guys think about the merch you would want from this show? I got one. <laughs> I don't like this show enough to buy anything. I do, like I don't buy stuff stuff from shows I do like, so I definitely don't want to buy stuff from a show I don't like. I don't know if that answers the question adequately. <laughs> anything for you, Steph? Any merch you would buy of the show? Uh, actually, this show has got a lot of pretty cool moments that I think would be good, like posters, um, including like I was talking earlier about one of my favorite moments being when they throw up all those rainbow smoke bombs when they're doing their not transformation. Um, that'd be pretty dope. Um, just about any time you see uh, Go's little Tinkerbell, you know, she's got a pretty cool aesthetic going on that would be a good like stoner poster. Um, aside from that, I don't know much like with merch because they're, wasn't a lot of things that were like touchstones merch wise in this series. I don't feel like so. We noted when they had their ring show up. Like, oh, like are these the rings on Premium Bandai? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess for the second part, what would you change about the writing? I j- I would just want some more consistency. I feel like there were a lot of storylines that could have turned out really well that just didn't get followed. Or kind of got like abandoned halfway through. And this show had so many plot points where it had a potential to be a really, really great show. But they just decided to keep having fun with it, which, you know, more power to them. If that's what they wanted out of the show, fine. But, you know, you get to the point where the fourth wall breaking stopped being as much funny and more being an annoyance. Like, why can't you just stick to a one point? For the merch, I think that David actually wants a, a gun. Yeah. Understandable. Like, stick it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Mom, get more chocolate guns. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I guess you kind of made me think, Steph, but I guess like you could get a lot of cool like lighters, blunt wraps and like weird energy drinks for the show uh, yeah the show had a, a psychedelic feel that you could uh, like tap into merch wise so that's just like generic horny sci-fi buddhism mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like a tool cover <laughs> yeah there we go uh and i feel like uh, the change writing character wise we've kind of said it a lot <laughs> a lot of stuff yeah. we had issue with I always feel like it would be reductive to say, oh, in episode seven, I'd make sure there <laughs> right, right, right. were more babes, but less chicks. Sure. <laughs> I think like if you're going to if you're going to rewrite this, make Hitomi do something. Make Rin. Yeah. Make Rin be worth the affection that she's showered upon her. Like, may, I don't know. Maybe that's just like a, a a thing where it's like, well, she doesn't have to be special to have you know affection for her but it's like you've you've hyped her up to be like this like weird catalyst for something that's going on because she's kind of like this weird like semi-magical being but then she's just like oh i'm a lady fuck okay uh sure oh whoa whoa she's a lady anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah that's the most i got there um uh, yeah 
Uh, want to say question uh, for Steph? Got it. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, subject is end of show thoughts. Hi, book club. I'm Layla. I haven't written in before, but I listened to your podcast on my commute. Thank you, Layla. And I wanted to comment on this show. I was watching along with you until about episode eight, where I fell out as they fought the fake ring lady. Understandable. Mm, that was a good yep. place to drop mm-hmm. off. It really doesn't improve. Um, I don't have any questions, really, but I just wanted to say that while I've enjoyed hearing you talk about this show, I hope that you pick a better show next. Us too. Um, my TikTok, my TikTok has made my attention suck, and having an outside motivator like following along with a podcast is sometimes the only way I can handle watching full episodes of TV. Can definitely relate. I think that once this show stopped recruiting heroes, it didn't know what to do, and it just started to do a bunch of jokes that reminded me of the insufferable inside jokes people would do off in the corner during third theater workshops in college. I love Layla. Um, she says, love the pod, Layla from Toronto. Uh, hey, thank a fellow you very Canadian. much, Layla. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Layla. Yeah, we appreciate it, definitely. And, <clears throat> excuse me, honestly, we wish we could have dropped off at episode eight also. Oh, yeah. So we're with you 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, podcasts are great on commutes. Um, and also, I've been trying really hard to get my attention back to read more books it sucks to yes. not be able to read books anymore and good point i think they just did kind of not have it like not all shows could be just like standard oh this girl's dead or like a plot device and oh you're making a team and then you're fighting also right. like structures cool <laughs> you know yeah just something to hold it all together it doesn't even have to be like a major plot point just something where you can be like oh here's a little bit of glue this show just failed that so dramatically it was and also like i think this show is not in conversation with i hope it's not at least but like maybe in 2013 there was also that conversation going on in like japanese media of like things have to be less predictable and we can't just be following tropes. I hope that's not the case because that's dumb. Tropes are cool. Uh, yeah. If done right. Well, I mean, they're tropes for a reason. I want to get the last question, David. Sure. Um, it's just titled Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, are you going to do more one-offs like Garbage Pail Kids? Love the show. Okay. Um, I think we <laughs> kind well, we kind of did. Uh. I mean, at least I don't know if you count that Blade Runner episode as one-offs, unless you're specifically talking about the book club itself. There's going to be more bonus episodes. Uh, the book club might do more one-offs because, like, also, like, we're about to do kind of a long show, so maybe at the end we'll finally do Inspector Gadget, like we talked about. <laughs> I would have loved that, honestly. Um, something I do want to do this summer is um, Takashi Miike has a a like series of toku movies that he went undercover with neo-nazis to like oh, get right what the oh my fuck? god <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what are you leading us into kid um i'm gonna show you a, a picture really quick um and maybe like we'll like take a break in the middle of like five and be like and let's watch these shows uh or like these uh but uh here is an image right here for everyone um it's like a zebra man Oh, wow. Oh, I've heard of Zebra Man. Yeah. I haven't, but I really have the sudden need to watch this. I'm pretty sure it's like Zebra Man comes out and he's like, I want to make Zebra Man 2. So I better go undercover with a bunch of Nazis to get it right. I think is the plot of 
and I have to protect my zebra babies in in the interim. <laughs> Takeshi Miike is one it, fucked it, up dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it then. I think these are pretty like toned down. There's no like people in the rain losing nipples or whatever. Like okay, yeah. Already an improvement. He likes Toku. He, he's done some like ultra bad episodes, so I know he could work in the PG thirteen PG space. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So Zebra Band, something I do want to do. Maybe we'll like take that break from like Fies in the middle of it to look at Zebra Band for a minute. Um, cool. Maybe we'll like do more stuff like that uh, after Fies too. But yeah. Um, and apparently, we need to find something that's like the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> I mean, there must be a lot of good puppet stuff. We just need to find some more fucked up stuff. Next Christmas, we haven't done um, Gremlins yet. That's a perfect episode for that, too. Hell yeah. But no, uh, ask for questions. Thank you for writing in. Um, Good questions, everyone. But we have some questions (laughs) we end this show on. Uh, Who are our top three favorite characters of the end of Shogeki Gorai God? (laughs) You don't know how hard of a question that is. Surfer Jade's boobs. I mean, there were more <laughs> character than some other ones. God. Um, you know, that, like, that's an issue, right? When you struggle to be like, who is your favorite character in a TV show? And you struggle. There's the easy answer. Like, the characters who were the least bad is the way to do it. But it's also kind of boring. Like, oh, it's Geki, Ryan, gone. Homeless Yamashita because he never talked. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> what do you think, Steph? Um, I'm gonna go with uh show for sure. Uh I loved her her style the entire time. Um and uh she took a lot of shit for loving Go, but she also like stood out on her own when she needed to. And she had some damn good battle sequences, so I'm gonna definitely give her that. Um the secretary, because she was so the actress herself was so great at playing this like sexy, but also extremely disturbing character. And I think that it, you have to have some talent to walk that line and make it as entertaining as she did. So good for her. Um, and Geki, just because he was so consistently interesting in every scene that he was in. And maybe I just relate to him a little bit, you know, being a gamer myself, but I just kind of liked his whole attitude and the way he chewed up a scene whenever he was a part of it. Um, so, yeah, definitely my three favorites. Do you have three favorites, David? Oh, man. Um, God, this is so hard. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let's go number three. I'm going to say show. She's cool. I like okay. her design. Um, I'm going to say number two is Geki because he did have some, some goofy stuff, you know, where he uh, thinks he can just fix everything with a drill. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a funny gag. Mm-hmm. And then I think like consistently, the character I like the most through this series is Rai. Okay. Cause he's just like, he's just, you know, he's the character I wish go was. Cause Go's kind of like yeah. lame and whiny and I don't like him. 
where Rye is a little bit more like he's got like a weird sense of justice and he's, you know, I don't know. I just like him. He's steady. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. Number three, I'm going to give it to Akiko Tachibana, our pretty lady who wants to be in the show. <laughs> I, You know what? I really like her, too. I, I have to support that. It's not a bad gag overall. Yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining. I like Yabashita, but also he's just like very clearly like an actor who's coming in and good at playing a bit part. Like his mm-hmm. line in the last episode is like, this is truly the greatest crisis the earth has ever faced. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, maybe Granny's my number one, but she kind of like gets mid at the end. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe Geki. I liked him. His drill thing worked. This whole thing where half half of the show they're like, and ladies love him, but he just wants to play like Nintendo DS and look at cleavage. It's relatable. And I'm sorry, but that whole thing with uh, Surfer Jane was fucking hilarious. The way that they kept it up the last four or five episodes where you literally never saw her face one time. I know it's misogynistic as hell. I thought it was a hilarious gag that they never once let you see above her shoulders the entire time. Can you see your face? Oh, you mean these last three episodes? Yeah. Uh... I think if there's like one less hoardy somewhere else, it would hit even better. It's like, oh, this is a really <laughs> funny show. And they keep having like the cleavage lady, like uh, just like um, in like sub shows where like you never see somebody's face and like it's like inverted by just like you only see her cleavage. Yeah. Um, what's everybody's favorite uh, tokusatsu of the last couple episodes? Like a fight scene, a new monster uh, effect. I liked the fucking goofy Godzilla monster at the at the end only because it was so dumb like mm. at that point I was just so checked out so that like when Kaio turns into a fucking like cheap ass Godzilla monster I'm like sure cool like the design looks awesome had this been a show from the 1980s this would look amazing I still think it looks good like it's just kind of goofy <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think it looks fine. <laughs> Do you have anything, Steph, for that? Um, mine is definitely uh, Go and Jin in their battle before Rin decides to jump in the middle and, you know, fuck everything all up as she always does. <laughs> but it, up until that point, that had actually been a pretty good looking battle. Like, I love the effects on it. I love that they seem to be pretty evenly matched. Like, they both had these really great fighting maneuvers and the way their swords were lighting up and you know all the sound effects i thought that was a really decent scene you know i really felt like Rin fucked the whole thing but aside from Mm. that pretty good i guess um i don't think their ending suits were terrible i just was utterly surprised they did nothing in them because they seem easier to fight in than the other suits really this those seemed like they should have been the beginning suits honestly yeah i don't know like i just was like uh I like the design of the big dudes, too. I didn't know the whole army was going to be the vanguard giant people that they had to fight. I don't know. Um, I'll say those suits were fun. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, what's everyone's favorite outfit that we saw at the end or just overall the show? Because not many new outfits, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they're like there like wasn't any really new outfits i don't know i like i like kaiosama's fucking drip he's he's got he's got fucking drip he's an asshole but he's got drip <laughs> i hate when my asshole has drip 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. Any outfits you like to stuff? Oh, man, that's really difficult. Um, I, I, I honestly can't think of any that really stood out for me. I, I they were all kind of, you know, what they were. Um, hmm. Yeah, nobody got a new outfit, huh? Yeah, there was nothing really exceptional. Like, I pointed out, I, I liked their ending outfits, but aside from that, I don't remember anything really, you know, making my heart beat or anything. I guess I'll give a shout out to the just audacity of the secretary showing up at the end in, like, black lingerie, be like, I'm better now. <laughs> Let's yeah. get together. Well, I mean, she always has the most audacity. God bless her. She's a great character. <laughs> We looked her up a couple episodes back, and apparently she's a popular... I couldn't tell if they were, like, pornographic or just, like, non-pornographic, pornographic stuff. I like, she's that. She's in that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's it called? Guavir. Gra- gravity. Gravity. Yeah, she's in Gravity with Sandra yes, Bullock. Yeah. Oh. Seems like she has a fine career. Just, It's weird that even then they couldn't find more for her to do than that seriously <laughs> i found her wikipedia uh sure she's at a baseball game oh good for her good uh, for her <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. just like i'm sure they gave more to the other model who had like a funny like character to had like lines like oh can i be in the show and like you know i don't know yeah but um with that just a quick reminder, next time we are looking at episodes one through five, we are opening our eyes to the next fives. Um, <laughs> and that means um, we'll see a lot of interesting choices. Um, I forget how five starts, but I remember some of it. It's uh, interesting. But now, uh, like the Japanese Kuma, let's please plug ourselves. Jesus. <sighs> Akuma means bear in the subtitle notes. Uh, th- thanks, translator. <laughs> um, if you wanna, I'm still stressed out. If you wanna, oh, I'm so sleepy. It's it's early in the morning. It's too early to get mad at this stupid fucking show. Um, <laughs> if you wanna see me or hear me, uh, you can find me at the Tokyo Fresh podcast on youtube on spotify on wherever you can find podcasts uh steph <laughs> you can find me on www.arcademilitia.com uh i know we have been horrible about producing content we've been producing it we just haven't been releasing it um but needless to say we are getting one of our friends to come along and whip the uh adhd demotivation out of us to try and <laughs> make things a little bit more consistent. So look out for that in the future. All right. You can find me on uh, co-host at James D on Twitter at James Forge. You can find the podcast on co-host at common ride and uh, Twitter at common ride with me. Uh, please go to common.com for episodes and articles. There is a slash merch link to our merch proceeds going to the Trevor project. There is like uh, com slash episodes links out to different uh, platforms. Please rate and review. And send in questions, uh, like our fans did today, uh, to podcast.comradery.com. Especially if there's like a cool bonus episode uh, you want us to do, that's a, a like fun time to get guests on or like have a little like 
other slots. Um, there is the recently released Blade Runner episode and the, by the time you see this also recently released Mario 93 episode. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's cool. But for now, everybody, what life lessons, what do we learn? What do we know about ourselves? What do we know about our Nakaba, our eternal Nakaba? Love yourself. What do we know? Everyone, I'm bloopy. <laughs> what have we learned? Um, yeah, I could start if we need to. Go ahead. Go for it, yeah. Sometimes what you need to realize is that the magic's inside of your best friend all along. That's funny, because mine was going to be something to the effect of sometimes the woman you love falls in love with your best friend and they both decide to do you dirty. And then she jumps in front of your blade and gets killed. And then he decides at the last moment that, you know, you really were worth being a friend with the entire time. And then goes back with his psychotic secretary. And, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Hmm. David? Sometimes you get a lot of primo ingredients, but then you mix them together and realize you've made caviar and peanut butter. And it just doesn't fucking work. Mm -hmm. Yep. And also slightly more coherent from last time, uh, my thoughts. But sometimes grandma just won't stay down. She won't stay dead. Yeah. No matter what you throw at her. She's a tough old bitch. <laughs>